I'm Asan and welcome to the first 9320 season review podcast. We're going to try and roll these out over the next week or so. The format is pretty straightforward. Each member of the uh, podcast team gets to have their say on the season and then they get a mild grilling of me and Howard. Today it's Paul's ch- ch- turn in the hot seat. I was going to say hot chair then. Does anybody say hot chair? <laughs> no, no, mate, I think you made that one up. Only Dude, you. <laughs> I don't know why I bother writing these intros, because I always mess them up anyway. Anyway, welcome, Paul. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, lads. How are you guys? Very good. Howard, how are you? Yeah, fine. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do these season reviews. Paul, please take it away. Give me your season review. Thanks. Uh I've been thinking about this since I was asked to um, come and record this and how exactly I'm going to phrase this. But um, from, I think, any sensible perspective, we've got to look at this season as not just a failure, but quite a bad failure as well. This comes back to really... um, We've got to go a little bit philosophical here. We've got to say, who exactly are we at the moment as a football club and who are we trying to be? And uh, I know that Caldine's interview is going to be out around the same time as this is coming out. And I want people to listen to what he says when he does talk about the direction that Manchester City are not only going in, but where we're supposed to be already. Um, At the moment, if you go into a season at City and you come out of that without a trophy, that's, that's not really good enough. If you come out of it without a trophy and don't even put up a challenge for the league, that's even worse. Um, we, I mean, I'll talk in a minute about exactly the specifics of how the season go, but just on like a broad picture scale, we can't accept that anymore. We just can't. We're not Kevin Keegan's Man City. We're not Sven's Man City anymore. We are aiming to be on the same level as a Real Madrid, a Barcelona and a Bayern Munich, who I consider the three biggest clubs in the world because United have fell apart. So they are the standard that we should be looking at. And if we are not matching their type of standard, I know the leagues are different and what have you, but if we're not matching their type of standard, what's the point? What is the point? You can't catch up to someone by running slower than them. It just doesn't work. You have to be winning a comparative amount of trophies as these clubs are winning. You have to be going deep into the Champions League every season. And, you know, that's not a one-off thing. That's got to be obviously long-term. But this also like comes back into something else that I want to talk about that we will do as like the review goes on, in that something I mentioned to Sam Lee last time I was on the podcast, how long are we in transition for? Because every, it's it's a logical fallacy. Every single season is by its nature a transitional season. You can say, well, this was Pep's first year, so like you know, we, we had to give a bit of leeway on our expectations. But you can also say that last year was a transitional season because that was the start of the new cycle where you know um, we started bringing in that type of Sterling, uh, De Bruyne type of player. So like, maybe that's fine as well. And then the season before, it was like, oh, well, Pellegrini won the league last year, so things are happening. Pellegrini's not really been established properly. He's had his one good season. This was just probably a blip. I mean, and obviously the Pellegrini league winning season was perfect. So that's what we wanted. And this all, it, it just always goes back to that same thing. In that the, it's the excuse. Either if we don't win the league, we always say that, well, we're building, we're in transition, trust in the owners, trust in the direction of the club, trust in the management. And I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is don't accept failure using that as a lazy excuse. 
what we did this season, not by every single metric, but by most metrics, was a failure. And I think that you'll probably hear that from people high up in the club. We as fans have not got to be able to accept that anymore. We've got to be able to say third place in the Premier League is not a trophy for us. It's not. It's not good enough. It's not where we need to be aiming for. We can't spend all the money that we spend. It's it's not even about the money. It's the talent. We can't have the talent in our team that we usually have and then say, well, it's fine because, you know, we're going to be better in the future. When is that future ever going to come? And this... It comes back to what I've, I, and this is not a new thing for me. I've previously said this or posted this elsewhere in other mediums, but city managers every single season should be judged on three pillars, in my opinion. First of all, and in, in descending order of importance, the first of all is trophies. That is that is goal number one. You've got to win trophies. The second one is performances, and that's to do with how well we're playing, how well we're developing as a football team, and, you know, kind of the, the type of football we're playing. The guys who took over uh, from Abu Dhabi, Sheikh Mansour, and when, you know, you listen to Khaldun and people like that, and even like, you know, Gary Cook and Ferran Soriano, uh, Cheeky Bagaristan, all these guys talk about playing the right way. Every single one of them. We've got to play the right way. We've got to play attacking football. We've got to, you know, we've got to spread the play, be exciting. It's part of our brand. It's part of our commercial profile. So that's got to rank second in importance. And the third, and I'm going to have another go at this as I did with Pellegrini's youth progression. Um, I actually dug up some quotes in preparation from this um, from the chairman who talks about the importance of youth progression at City. And he talks about the importance of using this academy that we have and then bringing it through. But it's, it's another thing, again, which is, how long are we going to have to wait? And this isn't impatience. This isn't impatience. This now, um, I seem to think, and I, I might have this wrong by a year or two, but I seem to think this is the third season in, on the trot now that we have not had a single club-trained player as a regular starter in our team. I might be a bit wrong with that. But, you know, it, it, the point is, when they came in nine years ago, they were talking about you know the academy and people get like um they get uh like the shiny newness of the academy building and, and the etihad campus and the amazing development that has gone on there kind of distracts people a bit we did have a youth team before that we did have coaches we you know we did have facilities in carrington that weren't like to that standard but and platte lane obviously that weren't to that standard but were still really good you know decent things uh, where we could start developing players in the right way. Where's all those ball players gone? Where have the ball players? Where's the um, the pozos gone and people like that? And you know, Angelino, I know is like knocking around the people. Out. That whole generation is a, another lost generation, and they came in on the back of the um, the Vadi Vice and um, Ben Mee and Kieran Trippier and that generation, which we then also called a lost generation. So that's just yet another lost generation for us. Here's something that Caldeon said. Caldeon said, we need a manager, and this is a direct quote from his end-of-season interview, we need a manager who will get the best out of the youth that we currently have and will establish and continue on a systematic approach towards movement from the reserve to the elite team into the first team. 
This is his criteria for picking a manager. In 2013, that's four years ago. Where, where has that happened? And this is going back to like the actual season review. This is one of the three pillars that we've got to look at. Now, if we if we start looking at the, uh, the trophies, again, it's not it's not good enough. Um, third place in the Premier League, which again um, we secured like you know pretty much on the last day. The FA Cup semis, a fourth round in the League Cup, getting knocked out by like you know our big rivals, uh, our local rivals, and around the 16 in the Champions League. To give you a comparison to that, um, in 2006 2007 at Barcelona. They got to the semis of the Copa del Rey, so their FA Cup, around the 16 of the Champions League, exactly the same as ours. And then they finished second in La Liga, although we didn't put up a challenge, which is not that dissimilar from our third. And that was Rijkaard season, and they sacked him because of it. Because, again, the team looked like it wasn't moving forward. And this is the thing that keeps saving Pep, or not saving Pep, but this is the thing that like is a big plus in Pep's column, is that... When we start talking about performances, we can start picking out games and saying things like, I mean, on the trophies, we're, we're not a zero out of 10, but we're very, very, very small down one, two, something like that. Because again, it's just not, it's not par for course. If par's five, we're below five, because that is not par. So on the performances, I mean, I think of, uh, I mean, the standout game for me this season has been Barcelona. Uh, the win against Barcelona was cathartic almost it felt like that was i'll tell you what it, it, it the champions league this season felt very different from previous seasons to me as a fan we've got all that uefa financial fair play like kind of stuff hanging that negativity and that sort of stuff hanging over us but with 10 minutes to go in that barcelona game i don't think anyone was saying all oh, the champions league's nonsense i don't like it Screw you, for Screw David Gill. Uh, financial fair play and all the ticket stuff in Moscow. No one was talking about that in 10 minutes to go in the Barcelona game as we're beating them. You know, and that showed fight and it showed tactical flexibility and it showed determination from all the players as well. And those are the type of nights that I want more of now. I don't want to go back to playing like in the Faroe Islands and, you know, in the UEFA Cup against Danish teams. I want to play Barcelona. Uh, under the lights on the on on the night games on TV in front of like you know millions of people around the world and I want to beat them and I want to do it regularly and I want us to fight and like play hard and attack and not be like you know all compacts and squeezing out one nil wins I want us to go for the jugular every time and that's the city that I want to see and that's the city that I expected to start seeing this season and it's just been flashes I mean the Gladbach game as well was another example of like how it was really, really good. And we can go into tactical performances and that, but I don't want to stray too heavily into that because it's almost irrelevant. Tactics and systematic play, they are built in order to win games. That is the reason. And we get bogged down in them and stuff. And I love tactics. I'll sit there all day talking about them with people because they're fascinating, but they're a tool at the end of the day. They're there in order to win games, in order to play good football. And if we're not doing that, it doesn't matter what tactics we're using. I mean, if you start looking at the bad performances from us, uh, or not just bad, but key moments in the season, I, I the, the top key moment that jumps out at me is Chelsea. And everyone's like, I think everybody on these things is going to talk about the miss 
from De Bruyne away. He really should, you know, maybe that could have swung it and the title race would have been a bit changed and like the, the mood in the camp would have changed a bit and what have you. Um, yeah, possibly. Uh, that that's that's obviously a key moment of the season. There was I, I remember that game where no none of the keepers just seems to be remembering that the actual goalkeepers was awful. Um, so you know, there's 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 a bit of leeway there. But the ones that stick out to me are Everton, Everton and Leicester. They're the two that really really got to me. They pissed me off to be honest yeah. with you, because they were games that were um, predictable in exactly how they were going to play. Everybody knew how Everton and Leicester were going to play. Uh, Leicester were going to hit it long, uh, and Everton were going to hit it up to Lukaku and win the second ball, and he was going to bring it in. Everyone could have told you that. And the the Everton result getting badly beaten so badly in a, a really um, a system that was inventive, let's say. You know, he, he was trying something a bit different. I seem to remember him playing Zabaleta and Sanyu in the same team that day or something like that. Um, and it was it was a system that, like, everyone was kind of looking at thinking, what what are these trying to achieve there? And Everton just did it simple. He put five across the middle on bang long balls. And, you know, sometimes it can be that simple. I will say something, though, in the, on the performances aspect of it. Um, two major things also popped out of me this year. Um, we went on terrible runs. That It wasn't like um, a loss here and then we went on and won some more games and a loss there and stuff like that. When we stopped winning, we stopped winning big. Um, we got four wins in 15 games between October and December, which is a tough period of time to play anyway. Um, four in 15. That's, again, we can just play on the plainly say that is not good enough. Um, between March and in March and April, we got three wins from ten. It seems to be one of these things that when we start drawing games and we're using the odd one, little games that like you'd expect us to win, it's it's that morale seems to suffer a lot. I, I, I remember, and as stupid as this is, by the way, and this was ridiculous. I remember Richard Keys, the idiot, the ex Sky Sports <laughs> presenter, um, <laughs> tweeting out. And I remember him tweeting out um, halfway through November or somewhere like that, somewhere around December. I wonder if Pep Guardiola is going to walk. I wonder if he's had enough. And that was the the visceral pressure on Pep because it just looked like we'd we'd kind of not given up. That's the wrong way of putting it. But it just looked like we we were running out of ideas. And there was a there was a thing of can Pep actually turn this around? Can he? Can he? You know. Can he get them out of what is quite obviously not a slide that'd be dramatic, but a um, a regression? And after the first ten games that we played in the season, everything was a regression. I mean, we talk about the defending, and uh, in fact, actually, there's one more aspect to what I mentioned on that because I've noted this down. I went and counted this, so I put the effort in for you. <laughs> Top six mini league, we came fourth. We won two out of ten, which is whatever, but. With a minus four goal difference mm. against the top teams in this country, we've got a minus four goal difference in the league last year. Again, not good enough. And then people are going to start talking about defence and defensive errors. Defensive errors are lightning rods for people. Fans, analysts, podcasters, media, whatever. The lightning rods. The, the, or, or, you know, the, 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 the elephants and lions in the circus. They force you to look at them. 
and think, oh, well, that's obviously like this big deal. If you look at our defensive record, we concede about 40 goals a year, give or take 10% either way. That is how much we concede every season and have done since we started playing this type of football in 2012. After Mancini left, we decided we were going to play a certain type of football and we have done that and we concede about 40, give or take. So we're not like, you know, we didn't have like a really terrible year statistically defensively. We didn't concede much, much more than we usually do. The big thing that we did do wrong now is the same thing that we did wrong in Pellegrini's second year. There's just not enough goals in the team, which is ludicrous when you think of the players that we have. You know, there's not enough goals from, and I love the guy, and Ace, and you know I love the guy, there's not enough goals from Sterling. There's definitely not enough goals from Silva. Sane's getting there. Aguero's obviously will bang them in left, right and centre. In Acho, he, he didn't provide any goals for us this year. Um, even if we go back deeper, you know what I mean? It's like, and Fernandinho and Yaya. I always think of, uh, and this is the wrong place to talk about this, but I always think of Man United and their most successful teams. And I always think to myself, their defenders are always good for 10 goals a year between them. You know what I mean? That sort of stuff. Before company came in, we just didn't have a goal threat in that, and we didn't have enough of a goal threat in front of them to like really, uh, to really hurt people. We got seventy-ish, uh, so yeah, about no, sorry, we got eighty-ish goals this year and seventy-ish goals the year before. When we win titles, we score nineteen or hundred goals because that's the type of football we play. Mm. So, madly, you. And this sounds really silly because we have got Sterling, Sane, Silva, De Bruyne, Aguero, but we don't have enough goals in the team. There's just not that. That was a big thing this season in that there's not enough people putting it in the net. And I know that like, asking for 90, 100 goals a season in a 38-game season might be seen as a bit unrealistic at times, but I'll remind you, we've done it twice. We did it under Mancini. We got 90-odd goals. We got 100-odd goals under Pellegrini. And in the first 10 games, if you go and count them, which, again, I've put the effort in for years, we scored 30 goals in the first 10 games. That's a fully realistic thing to carry on. Do you know what I mean? Oh, maybe not at that. And that includes all competitions and what have you. But it can be done. It can be done. It's it's not unrealistic to ask. And as I say, just on the last thing, um, the last pillar, which would be the youth. I've, I've pretty much already already said everything I'm going to say there. In the, the youth development and progression this year, I'll tell you what, the youth development this year was amazing. It was really, really good. Sane came on leaps and bounds. Sterling's a better player than he was when he, uh, when he started the season, although he tired a bit towards the end and that affected his performances. I think that um, John Stones is going to come on a country mile um, I, I've got a lot of faith in Stones, but these are not homegrown club trained players. These are players that we've brought in. I think Gabby Jesus and all those players that I've just listed, and Bernardo Silva and any other young player will come in, will learn loads of Pep Guardiola. I've got an enormous amount of respect for him as a coach in terms of improving players. I think pretty much every player that he works with, he improves in some way, shape or form. But, I mean, what did we see? We saw, um, uh, I think we saw Maffeo early on. He might have actually played against United now, I'm thinking about it. Uh, we saw Kelechi come in and out. Um, but again, he can't do the job. So what do you, you know, what do you want? Uh, and we saw Garcia. I think Garcia is probably the guy who's played the most for us. And he might have got five games. Uh, and that's the thing. We can't talk about City, the modern day Manchester City 
with who we are expecting to be as a fan base without discussing this. And it's not an unfair criticism to say, and it's, and we, when we spoke to Samway on the podcast, he said, well, they're looking at the under 16s now. And I even said to him, well, they were looking at the under 16s five years ago. Where have they all gone? And there's expectations that young players have got to be better than the players that are already in your squad or you can buy. Otherwise, you shouldn't play them. And that's wrong, factually incorrect. It doesn't work like that. Um, Pep, hopefully this summer, is going to shrink the squad which will give ample opportunities for more young players to come in. Uh, I do appreciate that he did have a bigger squad than he usually works with this summer. But again, I'm not having it, but you can't, you can't get... I mean, early games as well, you know, where we're winning 5-0, I, I just don't understand why there's just not one or two there who can come on, make some debuts, do some, you know, bring some energy into the proceedings, um, give some positivity. There's nothing in the world like bringing on a young club trained player and seeing them go and grasp their chance. There's nothing that injects positivity into a club and into a fan base like that. There's no other force in football that does that. And it's something that, we, again, we've got to look at. So from the three pillars that I started with, trophies, it's a failure of a season. It absolutely is. Performances, I don't think was that bad. I think that uh, we had some very, very poor performances, but I also think we have very good performances. You can say on that front that we're definitely moving in the right direction as far as the tactics are concerned. We're definitely moving in the right direction as far as recruitment is concerned. Uh, and we did have like you know issues in the team at different points with morale. And you've got to wonder whether some of these players who have been there a long time, whether they've still got that fight in them anymore. And um, I'm glad to see that some of them are starting to move on. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty average on the performances. You can swing that either way. Probably more positive than negative, to be honest with you. And the youth is zero. It's just completely non-existent, really. We haven't we haven't done anything of note in that direction. Um, again, this is not what they are telling us to judge them on. This is the problem. They tell us to judge them on trophies style of football and youth progression. That is what they say to us in their interviews. When they say they, obviously, I mean, Caldoun, the board, Soriano, and even the managers when they talk as well. They want us to judge them on that. And I can't see any reasoning that anyone can look at those three pillars and say, yeah, we're doing really well. Yeah, that was a great season for us. I don't, I don't see the evidence of that. Okay. I, I just don't. Wow. That was... Uh... <laughs> Paul's 22-minute season review. Mate, you said you couldn't talk for 10. Well, yeah, well, you know, I got going. <laughs> apart, apart from what you said, though, are you happy? <laughs> apart from all that, though, yeah, it's brilliant. No, in, in, no, in God's honest truth, um, it's, it's a failure of a season, but that doesn't mean that everybody involved has got the stink of failure on them. I mean, you don't... Um, there was a great quote from someone on Blue Moon, a mutual friend of mine and Asan's, who um, who once wrote something that I absolutely agree with. He said, you don't sack people for things you've done in the past. You sack them because you don't think that they'll succeed in the future. And it would be stupid to suggest that um, Guardiola is not going to succeed in the future. But by our own standards, by the standards of the board, by the standards that we should be all adhering to as fans, he's failed this year completely. I think that's your question then, sir. In, in a hypothetical world where we didn't buy anyone or sell anyone, 
what the players say stayed the same age just for the sake of this ridiculous question do you think you'd do better next season do you mm. think i in other words is it come from himness or has he just not got the players that really fit what how he's how he envisages a team being successful i would suggest that it's the fullback situation i've kind of been a bit nice towards our fullbacks at times i've looked at them and thought well they can do a job they can you know they're, they're all right they're replaceable but they're all right but this year became an absolute blinking emergency error up in the last third of the season particularly that march and april run where, where we were talking about and we're having to play navas at fullbacks I don't think Pep Guardiola comes into Manchester City thinking he's going to have to play Navas at fullback. I don't think that's a prepare uh, something he prepared for. Um, so yeah, I do think that that there's a isn't, problem in that, in that regard of the players. Yeah, isn't that a failure though? Like on from a very so. Firstly, Paul, I want to say that I actually it's weird that uh, I I agree with nearly everything that you've said there. I I don't think that. I think if we judge the, the club by the standards that the club sets, yeah, then I, I, there's no way to describe this season as anything other than a failure. Talking specifically about the fullbacks, because obviously it's been it's been talked about a lot. But when you say to me, I don't think Guardiola goes into this season thinking that he's going to end up with Navas playing at fullback, I would counter that and go. We were talking about it 12 months ago because we knew the state of Sanya and Zabaleta's legs. And surely that's a failure of due diligence on Guardiola's part or on Bagheristein's part or on Guardiola's assistant's part. Surely somebody could have drawn that line last May, June and gone, these guys are well over 30, really running out of legs here. It's unlikely they'll get through a full season of, of uh, at the top end of the Premier League. I don't think you're wrong. Okay. Uh, I just don't think it's exactly right. I mean, what I would say is, um, obviously, I don't know Pep the man, but I've, I've read enough about him and like heard interviews where I think to myself, Pep Guardiola has gone into two separate clubs with ageing fullbacks and worked wonders with them. I'm thinking of um, Abidal and Lam. Um, I think he's looked at that and thought, well, they always tell me that. Uh, I'll go and work with them first. And I think in the first 10 games, he's he, like, or, you know, and pre-season as well, he looked at them and thought, yeah, all right, I could probably do something with them. Um, I think that his, his own belief in himself as a coach, which is not a criticism, by the way, not a bad thing, but I, I think that his own belief in himself as a coach and I think he'd look at our fullbacks there and think these guys are hard workers. They have the personality where they seem to want to learn. Um, I think he would have believed that he could have done something with them. I, I think that when he came into the club, he had to do, he had to make the big decisions that he made for a start. The Joe Hart decision is going to get pulled over um, forever, forever, ever in a day because Joe Hart is such a. Um, you know, he's full of passion. He, he's like a fan on the pitch. He's like the Zabaleta in that regard. You know, he loves it. He, he loves like shouting and screaming just like we do. And that like kind of, it bonds you to him as well as being, a, you know, a damn good keeper as well. Um, 
but he made that decision because he understood that Joe isn't someone that he could work with for whatever reason that was. I think that Sanya is a very, very professional footballer um, with the exception of that one Instagram thing, which I thought was quite funny. Um, I don't think he's ever really been a problem to anybody. Um, Zabaleta is Zabaleta. You know, he'll run through brick walls for the team. Korov, he converted to a centre-back and a half-decent one. And Clichy, uh I don't actually think Clichy was that bad until about December. Well, no, probably November-ish, maybe a bit later, where I can't remember a decline of a footballer that quickly. Um, and, and that's seriously. I can't think of a footballer that ever declined as quickly as Clichy did. At the start of the season, I would have said, yeah, he's fine, Clichy. He's not that big of a deal. You know, I mean, give him a year, probably at the end of a year. Keep him around as backup in case we don't get our, our number one targets. Now I'm at the opinion that he's got to go, mm. immediately go. Like, you know, get out. Thank you very much. But see ya. Um, because of a decline in the second half of this season. So I don't blame Guardiola in... in in his lack of predictive qualities um, in terms, because of the belief that he's already had in turning other players into, uh, into very, very, you know, special players again, okay. who are all past the age of 30. And they all like, you know, add that, oh, well, maybe his legs have gone a bit. I think that's a really fair argument. Listen, um, just to wrap this up, I've got some favourites for you. Have you got a favourite goal that we've scored this season? No, I'm not really massive on these types of things for two reasons. Number one, I barely remember them. Yeah, I'm, I'm useless for this type of information. What's your favourite <laughs> this? What's your favourite that? Uh, I had to ask you who played two weeks ago, like a couple of podcasts ago. So did we play Fernandinho? But no, um, these, these not particularly um, a favourite game. Ones, but I will say, uh, well, obviously the Barcelona game. With the favourite goal, can I count the offside goal that Gabby Jesus scored, because I don't think I've ever cheered louder than that since we won the league Which um, one? with Aguero. Uh, the first one in his, in his Spurs, debut the, where he scored. The, Thank you, Spurs. Spurs game, yeah. yes. yeah, yeah. That yeah. was brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, that was everything that I wanted it to be. And obviously my favourite game is going to be the Barcelona game, and that's my favourite City game in many years. Okay, fair enough. Um, wonderful. Howard, do you have any more questions for Paul? Uh, well, just... Just want to hate the term transitional anyway, in a way. But do you not think, and so it's it's a question you'd probably hate, to be honest. Do you not think that this, if we can say that there are transitionals and everyone is one, that this was the biggest one of the lot because Pep's not the sort of manager, is he, who just comes in mm. and manages players. He wants to do more than that. And we've seen that, the mixed results. Do you not feel this was a bigger jump from just signing new players or changing the managers like we have in the past? Was this not slightly yeah. different because of Pep? It was, but there's um, two points to make there. First of all, um, I don't accept that transitional things even exist. Uh, trans transitional yeah. things even exist. Because this pre-suggests the logic that there's an end goal and there's never an end goal in football. It's constant improvement cycles. Um, but I will say as well that we uh, there are thousands of managers in the world who can do a job like Pep Guardiola. Um, there are hundreds of managers in the world who can do a job like Pep Guardiola to a very decent standard, given the time and budget. What there isn't, why he is the one, 
is because he does it to uh, a certain time, a certain standard, but he wins trophies as he's doing it. When he walked into Barcelona, he had transition seasons, but he won trophies. When he walked into Bayern Munich, he had transition seasons, but he won trophies. And that's the key. In that If you give, I don't want to say Sam Allardyce, but if, if we got um, Potichino and we gave him um, hundreds of millions and five years, he could have his playing in a way where he could win the league. That's fine. Uh, so could many other managers. But it's the instant success whilst that, transition happens which separates the very very high top managers in the world to the they're all right you know maybe we can get them at Everton type of player just oh, sorry playing, type of manager just playing devil's advocate for a moment Paul because I kind of again I see what you're saying and, and by the way Howard that was a top question I didn't want to ask him because I thought he'd yell at me so I'm glad that, I'm glad that you asked him <laughs> I thought he was going to well, say. I thought he was just going to like roll his eyes and just be like, "I've answered that already. I'm not talking about transitions." No, but what I was going to ask. No, you, I don't like the term either, to be honest. But I thought mm, it needed asking. So, uh, what I was going to ask you was just more this: the kind of in terms of what I, I, I would tend to agree with Howard a little bit that in terms of the firstly the idea that that trophies that you know if you kind of if. He, he transitioned at Barcelona, but he won trophies, so that's okay. Knockout competitions, little bit of a lottery, aren't they? It's a little bit unfair. Yeah, yeah. To in the and I, I guess that what in all of this entire conversation, the one thing that I feel is not maybe not emphasised enough. This is Guardiola's first season of what will be a bare minimum of three. So. The although we go backwards further in terms of our experience as supporters on what we consider to be underperformance, so we might well stretch our underperformance back three years, and we might say, you know what, there's a consistent throughout those three years. There's been consistent positives and consistent negatives throughout those three years. I still tend to feel as though. Because it's Guardiola's first season in charge, you've almost got a wipe from your three pillars of judgment. You've almost got a wipe number one immediately because you've got to go, well, okay, after two years, if there's no trophies, you can start talking and you can start talking about success or failure and having the pillars of judgment to, to judge from. But I don't think year one trophies should even be in there. I think it should be secondary think that it it almost and I'm talking specifically about knockout competitions because we mm. can judge the league differently we can look at the league and I can very much agree with you that in the league this season it's just not good enough yeah because it's not about finishing first or finishing second or finishing third it's about mounting title challenges if you get 92 points and Chelsea get 93 and they win the league pff, fair fox to Chelsea they were amazing that's you know, that's you accept mm. that you get you know you've got no divine right to win something. So in terms of the league, there's an absolute failure there for me from the the just the the lack of a title challenge, the amount of points that we collected, all that stuff. Mm. But don't you think that trophies in the first season season within the context of this Nate idea of it might not be it's not fair to use the word transitional because every season is, but in terms of the changes that were made both behind the scenes and also on the pitch, 
they were so large that there was always a potential that it would be, let's not use transitional, let's use two steps, one step back to take two forward next season. Hmm. No, I, I don't. I don't accept the <laughs> argument. I don't accept the argument. No, right. I don't accept the roll. fundamental logic of the argument. And Fair the enough. fundamental logic of the argument is to undergo um, improvement to have, uh, you know, we kind of. Uh, I'm trying to use a word that's not transitional here because the words in here, but you know what I mean. Like you know, yeah. open the windows, fresh air. You know, a complete clean sweep of the team and like getting everything in. Uh, I don't believe that you have to sacrifice to do that. I, I, I don't, in unless like you're literally buying whole new teams, which we didn't. Obviously, we do like four players, four or five players, squad players a year. Um, I don't. Pellegrini played a certain type of football, and Pep's is much more complex, but it's still attacking football. We're not talking about. Van Al to Mourinho, for example. Van Al being the, you know, the possession, um, that Dutch master kind of specialism, um, where he wants his teams to play a very certain way, and Mourinho who wants to play the very literal opposite direction. I could kind of see that, uh, see that argument in that in that regard, but this isn't that. This is someone like you know, let's say on a zero to five scale. This is us playing at two. And then him having to just move the notch a couple more towards five, so I don't. I, uh, although, as I say, the complexity and the way that we play football is uh, more complex and a bit different. It's not the root and branch undertaking that others like can suggest. But again, this comes back to the argument: Barcelona's board do not sit there in their elections and say, "Right, guys, um, next season's a transition season where we're not going to win anything." And we're not going to win anything because we're going to try and win things in the future. It doesn't make sense as an argument. Instead of trying to win things in the future, why not try to win things now? And this is the Chelsea argument that people have as well when people say, oh, well, Chelsea haven't built to the future. They've won trophies, though. So what's the, what is the point of building to the future to for eventually to have success? So why not just have success now? Where, mm. I mean, And then in the future, the future will be now. And also have success now. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I understand what you're getting at with the long-term plan. And I understand what you're getting at with the the kind of Pep becoming the Cruyff-like, um, not Messiah, but you know what I mean? The kind of Cruyff-like figure in the future at City who revolutionised the way that we play football and gave us a, a playing identity which can stretch for 20, 30, 40 years. I get that. And that's not going to happen in one season. But... Pep Guardiola is the best in the world because he comes in. Now, uh, because he comes in and still manages to win trophies. Now, let me just spin this round to one question, both to you lads, because this is this is the root and you know this is the root of everything. If I were to tell you in Pep Guardiola's first season, we would have an FA Cup semi-final as the highlight of the season. We'd go out in the fourth round of the League Cup. We'd go out in the round of 16 of Champions League, which is one step back from where we were, uh, and we'd have third place in the Premier League on the last day and say to you, some people are saying that that's not a failure. I think all of you at the start of this season would have said, that's mad. That's that's exactly pretty much what we did on the Pellegrini with a few like, you know, little things here and there. I don't think he's moved us forward in efficiency. I think he's moved us forward in 
um, in technical terms, but that's 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 just not it, it's not born fruit yet. So you know, you if he wins in the future, you, if he you, wins in the future, which I believe he will, um, then great. I'll give him all the props in the world and say that was a brilliant season. We won the treble. We did this. We did that, and that's all due to the good hard work in the first. Now. We'll end on something which I'm sure you'll like. If Pep Guardiola doesn't win a trophy next season, he needs to be sacked. That's as plain as it is. You cannot come to a club like this and have two trophyless seasons. It doesn't matter what you're trying to implement. It's that simple. You have to win trophies. We have to. If we're trying to compete with Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, you don't go two seasons without a trophy. You just don't. You have to be. You have to have the mentality of a big club to become a big club. And if the standards aren't there. The standards aren't there, and we need to find a different way of doing things. I think that's a. I think that's a. I, I don't. I firstly, I don't think it'll happen. I don't. No, think, neither do I. I don't think we won't win a trophy. I also feel if we don't win a trophy, Guardiola won't get sacked. But I agree with you. I think that the the logic is perfectly sound. Um, I think you know a lot of actually. I don't know how you feel, Howard, but for me, you've really kind of not opened my eyes, but sharpened my focus in terms of the fact that, you know what? Ultimately, those are the standards that the owners have set. You know, it's the owners that say that, no, like, you know, Khaldun in his end of season interview, when he said, when people are texting me saying, congratulations, I've finished in third, I'm saying, don't do that. You know, he's almost offended by that. He's like, no, congratulate me if we win the league because don't speak to me otherwise. Everything else is a failure. I think that if those are the standards that we're going to set, then we will have to. I think that because I, I, I think that one of the things that has happened this season is that there was a feeling amongst some of us very early on. So in those first, in that what I call the Guardiola honeymoon period, yeah, there was a feeling then that I had that there is a lot of people that are just watching and waiting. And what they want is for even the hint of the wagon to be a little bit unstable Mm, and everything's going to come down on Guardiola's head. And I think that that's why maybe not just with me, maybe in general within the city world, you do have a group of us who do feel as though we're a bit, we bristle a little bit at the idea of of saying out loud that this season has been a failure. Because we feel as though, logically, what happens next is people go, see, Guardiola is a fraud. So mm. you kind of don't want to... Howard, what do you think? Am I right there? Yeah, well, obviously there's people desperate for him to fail, but I, th- I think we don't... Going back to the original side point, it, 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 he had, you know, Paul's made very fair points. I, I still think we don't have an inferiority complex, say as fans, domestically. Mm. Mm. So we play Chelsea, Liverpool. Well, absolutely, yeah. If we don't play well at Liverpool, which seems to be the the norm, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God's sake, you know, like, that's simply unacceptable. But I think somewhere in the back of our minds, maybe our history or whatever, but we're told that we don't have one. There's still that inferiority complex when you're playing, maybe not Bayern Munich, but dist- you know, really destructive sides yeah. like yeah. like Barcelona and Real Madrid. And, and Paul's right, we have to get rid of that. We have the resources, the manager, and everything set up now that there should be no inferiority complex. And having beaten Barcelona in a competitive match, and even the 4-0, even though we fell to pieces, we matched them for 
a long time before and doing the good work, that should be gone now, yeah. And that's what I think from next season, that has to go, that inferiority complex. Isn't... The, only thing, the only thing I say about trophies is, is generally right, we do have to now. It's always said that next season, you know, there has to be a delivery of trophies. I don't know how you grade them, but it has to be. The only get out is that some things are just out of, you know, the manager's hands. I mean, there is well, contextualising. Yeah, for yeah, me, the minimum is compete. Is compete. Yeah, yeah. So we should be close to that league title, should be close to the Champions League, and we should obviously be going for the... I still think we should go for the FA Cup, because I still think it's important. If something terribly bad luck happens, I can turn the blind eye to it, but, but yeah... Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. When yeah. I talk about trophies, if he gets if he gets beat on the last day by his own goal and like the title goes elsewhere and he gets to the Champions League final and gets beat in the 90th minute, I'm not gonna say, Oh, we should sack him. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, there has to be like some sort of common sense involved in that sort of thing. But uh Well it's a results game, isn't it? So Well that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, these three knockout trophies that realistically we can well, not realistically, which we can win, which is the League Cup, the FA Cup and the Champions League, you know, it's like I understand the luck-based nature of uh, knockout competitions. I understand that things can turn on um, almost ridiculous decisions by referees or just a a misplaced tackle or what have you. But over a 90-minute period, those things tend to, you know, potentially even themselves out. And even if they don't, that's three games. That's an, that's three different ninety minute periods. You should be able to get through one of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, over a league. Like, yeah. What's 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 the old um, what's the Oscar Wilde quote where he say, uh, you know, to lose one cup is misfortune, to lose three is carelessness. Do you know what I mean? It's like we shouldn't be losing three cups like that. Yeah. Um, yeah I think or or putting it down to luck is what I'm saying. We shouldn't be doing it and then say, well, we're just unlucky in the three cups. Uh, we've 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 got to go out and I don't care if it's a league cup. I I liked that Pellegrini won the league cup. There's only three trophies to win. Win one of them. That's what big clubs do. Big clubs win trophies. Exactly. And the bottom line is that for me, in a way, we should pile the trophies up. You know, it shouldn't be. We're not in a position Mm, to be looking at one trophy. I mean, I understand why managers do it. But what I'm saying is that from a supporter's point of view, they're all trophies. Pile them up, basically. That's my vibe. Listen, lads, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Paul? Mm -hmm. Last question. You optimistic about next season? Yes or no? Yeah, I feel that if we, um, if the signings that we're meant to bring in do come in uh, with the goalkeeper and fullbacks, I think we'll see all the pluses that we're getting towards the end of last season. I think that will carry over into the new season. And hopefully in the Christmas period where things start usually getting dodgy for City in the last few years, traditionally, then um, also, you know, like the winter period, should I say, mm. then. I hopefully we can we can use these new players to keep our energy levels up and power through. So yeah, I'm 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 positive about City generally. I just thought last season was a failure. Awesome, wonderful. Um, Paul, thank you. Cheers, lads. Howard, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you to everybody who listened. As always, if you like what we do, go to iTunes. You can go to our website 9320.com. Um, we will be back tomorrow with another season review. Thanks for listening.